I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, people. Welcome to the MBS Guide to Life with me, Bangs in London. And me, Lamar, live from New York. What's up, what's up, what's up? One day we'll get that intro right without laughing. Well, one one day we will, like, record all the stuff we talk about before we actually press record and then everyone will understand what the hell we're laughing about. But what's good, eh? Um, You know, stuff and things. I'm great. Stuff, things, great, goodness. I'm I'm blessed, man. I'm all right. I'm not too bad. Let's rock into this. No one it. really cares to hear much about how we are. Yeah, exactly. Well, well just... you know we're alive. Yeah. We've made it to another seven days at Sunday. Happy you're all here with us. Yeah, but yeah. let's dive right into the show and then cool. we will we will talk about our lives in between. Bruv, you got good shit? Don't we start with bullshit usually? All right, let's do bullshit. I was just trying to flip the script, you know, give the oh, people gosh. something. You look me off. I mean, no, let's go with bullshit. You go with bullshit. Okay. My bad, sorry, totally effed that up for you. Um, so sure. this week I'm calling bullshit on internet hysteria. <laughs> Go <laughs> can, in. Can everybody just calm down, please? About everything. Just calm down about everything. Listen, nobody around here is a gorilla expert. <gasps> oh, I see where you're going with this. Nobody, I see where you're going with this. Nobody's that. Nobody works at the zoo. Nobody no. is a parenting no one, expert. No one probably just, has children. No, you know, let's just, let's just rein it in. Calm it down. Shut mm. your mouth, you know? Just, you don't have to comment on everything. You don't have to have an opinion on everything. You know what I'm saying? I just, that was a really, okay. Yeah, obviously, if you don't know what we're talking about, obviously. You don't you know just, what we're talking you about. You don't live on Earth, Give evidently. Give context, Bangs. So, at some zoo in the United States of America. Um, a kid managed to get into a gorilla enclosure or whatever the hell you would call that. And the gorilla kind of got hold of the child. And long story short, the zoo staff killed the gorilla, right? I guess after what I'm assuming would have been quite an intense debate. I can't imagine any decision like that would be made hastily. And the world went crazy. The internet lost its shizzle about this. And I just think, you know, the reality is that's a really tragic situation all around, really complex for everybody involved. Uh, you know, gorilla rights activists, I get you, I feel you. Gorillas are beautiful animals, they're very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And that is a really tragic loss, genuinely, although I don't like zoos, but yes. Me neither. Don't like zoos. Horrible but, places. Yeah, but, Horrible. Uh, and, my heart does go out to the everybody who works at that zoo because that is a really big loss to them, you know? Right. And so people who are acting like God, gorilla lives don't matter is... Stop, was that a hashtag? 
Shut it, up. It, it possibly was. I don't know. Um, but people who are acting like that doesn't matter and like it's not a significant loss, like let's rein that in a little bit because it is it is significant. And especially to the people who there was one man who reared that gorilla for like 20 years. Like, you know, come on, that he's formed a bond with that gorilla, and that's a serious thing. Also, those parents, they're not assholes. Come on, like shit happens. I mean, I mean I mean, because I'm just giving bangs a side eye. I mean, you know, you're talking to someone who doesn't have a child, but has nieces and nephews. And I really would never wish that on anyone to be in that situation and that to happen. But, but. No, I'm not. You know, I have a whole of your picnic. That's just the West Indian in me coming out as to why certain things have happened. But there I am casting my opinion. And I hear what you're saying. I think in all of that debate, I had watched the video I didn't comment, I didn't like, I didn't tweet, I didn't do anything to to engage in that kind of debate because I knew know it's tricky. And some of the things I'd seen in terms of animal over person, oh, then they brought race in, then they brought yeah. parents in, then they brought and it just everyone like through the whole it week. spirals. And you're right, it does become a hysteria. I think my innate and very honest reaction is where were you versus where was your child? And then, and then please at me as to like all the things and how fast kids can move and red tear all these things. But that was just my initial gut, like where were you versus where were your child? That's it. That was, that, that was it for me. Which I think was everyone's question, but it just, it makes me laugh how, and, and parents were the worst, by the way, like parents, yeah, parents yeah. are the worst for kind of yeah. casting judgment on other people's parenting skills. Like you've never lost track of your child for a second. Like, you know what I mean? God forbid, if it hasn't happened yet, it will happen at some point in your life. Like, don't act like it won't. Um, so I just think everybody just needs to calm down and not even just the gorilla incident, like anything that happens. It just seems everybody kind of rushes to the internet to be, oh, I must share my opinion. No, you don't have to. It's okay. It's, we don't yeah, need we've... to know it always. It's all right. You can keep it to yourself. And it's totally okay to do that. Or just like talk amongst yourselves or like the people that you know or in a text group conversation thing. We've said this before, like people are quick to rush and vomit out their yes. opinion. Like Just not even think it through. Just yeah. all there. In but there's many, characters. many factors. There's many, many factors. So yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I'm just calling bullshit on that. I'm not saying never have opinions, but just, you know, you don't have to have, to have an opinion on everything. And, mm. you know, look, some, some shit is just, that was a bad situation all around. We yeah, and, and that's the thing. It, you know, it's bad. Like, it's bad. It's and bad. And that's probably the only thing said about it. That's it. It's terrible. Yeah. We don't need to dissect it from and every angle. And crisis adverted, but yeah. and that's it. Not, yeah. yeah. I, I feel, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you call bullshit on? Uh-oh. Shaking my head. I call bullshit on people, organizations, government organizations, banking organizations. This is a lot uh, of things. It's a lot of things just, already. Well, it all amounts to like all of these people that now want to call bullshit on the fact that you went to university to try and better yourself, educate yourself, improve your life. And then want to turn around and be asking for the fucking world back in terms of money. Like, where it's reparations. Do you know what I mean? Like, I call bullshit on student loans company, oh, interest, okay. Okay. the government, yeah. my overdraft. Right. All of these things which at the time of being, Jesus, how old was I? 19, 20, maybe even 21, I forget. Um, 
and thinking, you know, the next stage in my education was to go to university and be the first person in my family to do that and to find a school and to pick a course and not having come from wealth where that check or that money we're going to pay for that is not an issue, right? And then going and doing that and succeeding and then getting a master's, like I'm literally telling you my life story now. And then to come out at the end of it and then to get a piece of paper with the funniest logo, like Student Loans Company's logo is a tree and they're sending shit out on paper. Email me, bruv. Talk about save the world, yeah? And my bill is like 40-odd and growing. I call bullshit on that. I saw a Facebook post of a day of this kid who'd basically like written to the government or his MP, trying to say like he had been missold this loan, not understanding the interest. I think I saw this online, yeah. I'm right there with him. I did not know. Um, and again, like, for whatever reason, people like to read the small print. Sometimes it's not that easy. Like when you, I think for me, the first in your family, when you're like, this opportunity has presented itself, you're not going to say no to allowing yourself to go and get this education by this means. But I do think there was something... Uh, a miss in the small print of how interest has accrued mm. for my particular year of students that just makes it like not not doesn't make it not worth it just makes you really fucking angry and upset and like what what did I put myself through this for because yeah. no one's really they you know there was never like a clap 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 you did you did it okay we graduate we got a degree and whatnot but the bullshit and how they come at you for this money and like I had to call a bank um, last week and there was some like misunderstanding with something I was meant to be paying back versus something I'm not and who had explained this to me and who hadn't. And I was like, for the first time, someone was like, do you know what, yeah, this is not even on script, but I'm a student and I understand. And I realised people you've spoken to like just really don't understand how hard it is. Mm. It's hard. Mm. It's been really hard trying to like look at this figure and all the things that I did to like put myself through um university at that time with government help with non-government help I did work I didn't save let's be honest because it would have been a lot easier and then for someone to just turn around and be like fuck you pay me I I call the mass amount of bullshit on that and I think it's terrible and I know it's worse now I was privy like my fees were three grand now they're nine I'm not American where literally you're in in debt for the whole of your life but I'm just really pissed off at that fact that there's little celebration for the fact that you you went through it you did it you've achieved and all people now are worried about is when they're going to get their money I'm in life I'm in debt for life yeah put it that way yeah so um yeah that's really shitty and I, I just I'm just fed up with that man I'm fed you. up with that I you know you. What is £38 a week meant to be doing for 48 grand? Like, what? Oh, God, so, yeah. And then we've we've spoken about, like, acquiring wealth and investment and house and, and things, you know, things that you want to do, like, save, but your luxuries. And just to have that looming over you, I just... Ah, least sigh. I let out a big sigh this week. Um, so I call bullshit on all of that. All of that. Fun them. Fun the stories. That's warranted. Yeah. Really. But there's always good stuff with us as well. There sure is. <laughs> What's your good shit, Bangs? My good shit this week is the human body. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you lying? Oh, Why are you lying? That's right. That's right, people. The human 
body. As some of you may or may not know, I have been spending the past 274 years trying to become a Pilates instructor. And part of that involves me studying anatomy and physiology. So I should say that I've passed the practical part of my course because I'm good at that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but in order for me to become fully qualified, I also have to be part doctor, it would seem, with... <laughs> With the amount of anatomy and physiology I have to study. And oh, while, listen, I go. was a good student during my school days yes. and my university days. When I did my school years, uh, GCSEs, I only got one D. Guess what it was in? That's right, science. So <laughs> <laughs> this is not coming easily to me at all. I'm a very this creative a person. I'm this a creative is a person. That whatever side of your brain it is that deals with kind of numbers, logic, facts, reason, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't function in my no, head. Mine like, doesn't work either. No, I'm a creative person. So it's a real struggle for me to learn all of this. But that being said, it is fascinating. And mm. um, well, I should probably add, when I say struggle, I'm resitting this exam for the third time next week because I keep failing it. It's a fun little game I like to play. Um, <laughs> so I'm really enjoying learning it, though, and as, as hard as it is for me to learn. And every time I'm studying something new, be it the respiratory system or the endocrine system or whatever, I'm like, the human body is incredible. Like, mm -hmm. And I don't think we appreciate it until we start to study it on that kind of level. Like, honestly, just... The number of things that need to occur in your body for you to lift your little finger is incredible. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I, it's just, it's... You're right. You're right. When you break honestly, down the processes. It's honestly mind-blowing. And I think that we don't appreciate our bodies until they fail us, you know, until we're sick. And then all of a sudden, then you kind of appreciate how great your body is. But I do wake up every day and listen. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of very physically active for mm -hmm. a living but i do have a moment like every day where i'm like holy shit my body's doing this that's incredible yeah because yeah, you, know? you don't think about it all the time no you know and i think when you do start to think about just all the little things that kind of happen in your body first of all it really helps with body image this is possibly a whole other podcast yes 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 it really helps with body image because all of a sudden when you think about i had this when i when i first got into running when I started to think about everything that was happening in my body with each stride, I was like, I could give a fuck if I've got cellulite right now because, like, incredible things are happening in my lungs and my heart mm -hmm. and my, you know, my quads are doing incredible things to, like, power me up this hill. And when you start to think about the actual just physical things that your body is doing, you, it makes you think about your body in a completely different way that's really powerful from a mm. body image kind of perspective. Mm. But just, but that's my good shit just in general. It's like, listen, people, appreciate your body. Appreciate your body for everything it does. Like, I, I don't give it, listen, I got love handles, I got cellulite, I'm a little jiggly here and there. I'm fine with it because my body Get it. is incredible. Like, as is yours, as is everybody's. Our bodies and what they do are really incredible. And I think that um, I want to encourage all of you to study some anatomy and physiology so that you can understand that and also so you can feel my pain. And help you and with help the exam. With, with any future studies. Co-sign all of that <laughs> and the above. And a brilliant segue. Honestly, we didn't plan this, but it's so perfect. Oh. Um, into what I'm calling good shit on Yay. this week, which is uh, your period. But... <gasps> Okay. So I'll, I'll caveat that or I'll give a bit more of explanation. Talking about how bodies are fantastic and how they're wonderful and how all the little things should be celebrated. There's, it just came across um, 
my feed. Um, the new body form advert. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, it's greatness. And it's called Blood. Um, so I was like, okay. Um, but just the image alone in, in the preview, I saw of like a woman with a rugby ball and her head's cut. Then I watched it and it was just literally a ballerina on her tippy toes, peeling back a plaster, showing the blood on her toes from what she does to enjoy her craft. A runner running through the woods, scraping her knee as she gets up. A girl skateboarding, scraping her elbow. She laughs and keeps going. Like, we're talking about um, the fantastical way in which women show agency, which is something I've been saying a long time, learning to love and embrace your body. And I just think it's a really good fucking advert. Normally, the period fairy will come and oh, you you know, stop you in the middle of like that date or that dinner or when you're wearing white or when you're on the beach and it's presented as an inconvenience to your life, not a weird and wonderful thing. Now, I will not delve into the science and how great they are and what they show and what they prove. Periods are incredible. Like, Periods, Periods are incredible. Are really incredible. Like, I just know I'm not pregnant. Well, okay, but anyway. I really, 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 really liked the direction um, and all the visuals used in that video to show, like, it's not something we should be ashamed of. It is a natural part of us. There's strength while being through that time of your month, literally. Um, and there's strength that you can pull out on yourself and show and display. And, like, again, just anything with... To get deep, like the juxtaposition of like something inherently feminine and tied to a uh, female gender that is meant to reduce and make you weak and just switching that and showing you have agency and like making it really positive and, and showing you in your best active self, I'm all for. So I'm calling um, good shit on periods, but specifically the body form blood advert and I'll tweet it because you should watch it because it's dope. I think, yeah, the strap line of it is blood should never hold you back or something. Yeah. Right? yeah which is just oh, wicked. Great. Yeah, it's How wicked. Because most, do you know what I always used to think when I was growing up? Any ad for like sanitary towels or whatever, what the hell is that blue liquid that they're pouring on sanitary what towels? You know what, <laughs> what is that? Because that surely ain't coming at me. And I would, have many, I would have many a question. I would have many uh, a question for so doctors if that true. was happening. So true. So they never usually even, they never well, show not, blood or reference blood. Right, in, in, but they, and, and, yeah. and this is the thing, that's a great, great point. Um, I think some of the commentary I'd read was like, if it's a guy boxing on TV or if it's like, you know, when men are uh, visually shown in advertising or TV ads, right, their blood's not an issue. Men bleed. This is the only way women bleed. And even if you are talking about and alluding to our bleeding, it's some alien blue liquid. Yeah. No. That's, it surely does not happen that way. I think from what the last two things we said, there's like possibly a women's health body image episode in the works because we got a dope email about dealing with that shit and talking about that. And yeah, we'll, we'll work on that because all of this stuff just needs to, yeah. we need to have a talk about. Yes. But anyway. Yay. For, bye, bye, bye. For periods, yay. Yeah. And okay, so this week we are going to talk about... A uh, subject that I had a little bit of a tweet rant about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Get it. And it's basically this notion that uh, you should follow your dream or your life is not worth living, basically. Mm -hmm. Follow your dream, follow your passion. Quit everything. Mm -hmm. Go freelance. Do your own thing. And I just 
kind of have come to the conclusion that that is a little bit of a dangerous narrative. Caveat. Mm. I probably seem like a bit of an arsehole talking about this since I am exactly that person who followed her dream know yourself, and Black. makes a living off it and all of that. However, However, I have done my fair share of jobs that did not fall into the dream category at all. And it was a process and I worked up to it and all of that. But my advice to kind of young people who I mentor and whatever now is kind of along the lines of like, listen, not everything is not for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe you are not meant to be a business owner. Maybe you are not meant to be freelance. It is okay, A, to do what you love as an employee for someone else. Right. B, it is okay to just make a living. It's okay to make a living, pay your rent, provide for your family, do what you need to do, uh, keep a roof over your head and have a little passion on the side. My main thing is, as long as you have a passion in your life, something you are passionate about, something that you live for outside of work, then that's the main thing. As long as as you're living a passionate life, you don't necessarily need to be making a living off it, of that passion. And so I just kind of wanted us to discuss that a little bit this week. So I've got many interesting kind of tweets when I uh, had a little tweet rant about it and it opened uh, a few interesting discussions so yeah dig in. I think I think that's a great point to start on just having a passionate life and knowing in the areas of which you get your joy or where you have your side hustle or where anything to distract you from the monotony of your nine to five where you find those moments of fulfillment outside your job is still <clears throat> sorry Um, as worthy as it not being your job and I think when we were talking about this what clicked for me is that there's this total abandonment um, that is in the narrative like you know you know the meme I love where it's like um, the man throwing the papers up like (laughs) yeah fuck this shit oh hold on this shit or it's Friday no wait a minute it's Thursday I still still need these but I feel like that is the attitude that some people (laughs) have like when they get overly gassed and like all right who am I to tell you you're not overly gassed who am I to tell you like there's not something good about you having this passion and wanting to go out and do yourself like I've been in a situation I'm like you know yeah I'm just gonna do this by myself and then like hold on <clears throat> pause take a breather Lamara <laughs> assess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wheel it back in and really plan and think about this thing and really understand like how is it going to come to life for you and the steps maybe you need to go through to do to save money, to build a business plan, to find out what is you want to do. It's not the throw the papers up in the air attitude, which I think is what you're saying is wrong with this narrative. And I think what also comes with that is that if you're not doing it this way, then you're not worth shit. Yes. That your ideas aren't are shit ideas and you don't have the balls enough to do it and you're not like me. And I think that is largely linked to fear of missing out slash, oh, this word I fucking hate, millennial values slash be your own brand, build your own business, DIY culture. There's really good things in that. There's really good things in DIY culture if you are creating something that, um, I'm just thinking of zines here in particular, that there's a vacuum for or a publishing platform where no one else's voice is being heard. But nine times out of ten, the people behind those things still have a nine to five. Yeah, Like there's the combination of those things to make you feel less worthy for getting up in the morning, going and standing at a bus stop, like going into your your retail government admin service industry job and then clocking in, clocking out and then coming home. But 
never ever mentioning that you're taking home that paycheck, that you are getting like a payback from that company in terms of stocks and shares. It's just the the things I think shit is really surface level these days. And I've talk, spoken about this before, the reality of a day-to-day. Shit is really surface level where people never, ever let you into the hard work underneath. So it's not that bloody easy. Um, and yeah, I've seen or like fallen privy to as well as like this narrative of just do it yourself. It's not yeah, that easy. It's really like, not. Like that's what one of the things that gets me about the whole, oh, not happy at your job? Hey, but you're really good at it. Go freelance. Do it for yourself. Listen, do you understand how many ducks you have to get in how many rows in order (laughs) to go freelance? Because the struggle is so real, I cannot even. like. And take it from someone who has been doing it and it is a struggle. Hey, do you like paying your rent? Oh, you may not want to go freelance (laughs) because if you want to know when your money's coming in at an exact time and date and whatever, so you... Listen... If you, and, and this is what I find really funny. Like, and I've had these conversations with people where they've got kind of a cushy job in whatever, like advertising or they're working at an agency. But I'm just not happy, man. I'm just not happy. And I think also, quick side note, I think this unhappiness that people feel within their jobs stems from this very narrative that has really permeated the culture in terms of it's either the dream or bust. You know what I mean? That's like, God, yeah. God forbid yeah. you just work at your nine to five and, and actually be all right with it. So people are working at these big agencies. Oh, I'm not happy. I'm going to actually, I'm going to, I'm leaving. I'm going to go freelance. And I've kind of like had that conversation with people and been like, really? Yeah, you're going to, okay, you're going to do Give that? Give them the side high. A couple so, months yeah, down just... the line and they're like, man, like, I don't know. It's like, it's tough. I don't know. Like, and people haven't paid me. Oh yeah. You didn't hear about their 90 day payment rule. Oh, too bad. So sad. Uh, you know, like. Oh, you didn't have to take them to small claims court right. twice, may you, I add? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's just, I, it's not that easy. And I think a lot of people, that that's what the narrative is really dangerous. Is like, yeah, just quit your cushy agency job. Go and do it for yourself. Nah, like, nah, don't. Just please. If you like stability, if you like paying your rent, if you like doing, you know, if you like having a life, like, yeah. stay at your agency. Like, it, And also, it's just... As I said, not everything is for everybody. Like you you may be really great in your agency, but when it comes to freelancing, listen, unless you have that spirit of hustle, unless you are great at motivating yourself and keeping to deadlines and creating a work schedule for yourself and keeping on top of all of your admin and payment. And listen, being your own boss is hard. And unless you are opting in for all of that, it's not every day just sitting, creating your little, you know, sketches and whatever and sending them off to people. Like it's work. And so this, I think that's part of the concept of like, oh, my time is my own and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, cool to a degree. But listen, you will never work harder in your life than when you're freelance. I guarantee it. Or on them zero hour contracts because it's all the Mm. same thing, right? Yeah. I think what's missing... Really good points you just said there, Bangs. Like, what's missing is the merit of your nine to five a lot. Speak on it. Um, Talk about it. Talk about it because you know I feel strongly about that. I know you do. I know the merit of your nine to five, right? And I painted a little picture earlier of what the process is of getting up and going into a job that you may not particularly like. But it's as you illustrated it to me, everyone is an important cog in the fucking wheel mm-hmm. right i think the meriting or saying that shit has no value or no worth like is bullshit i struggled with this personally 
and thinking like, what the hell is it I want to do? The answer, rather than quit, leave, forget it, do something else, that's not, that's a very short term, click your fingers answer for something which I don't even know like what the question is to begin with and how I'm going to survive there on after the fact. What the merit of your nine to five is, is partly soaking it up, but seeing it as a fucking experience, seeing it as something that you can learn from, seeing it as something like, literally it was explained to me when taking this position, this is your apprenticeship. This is your time to learn. This is your time to grow. This is your time to like do some things, right? Some things wrong. Some things where you are rewarded, some things where you aren't rewarded. Like, because of what maybe my longer term goal is where I want to go, these are all the formative years in which I'm going to learn how to do that. More power to if you can just be like, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. But I'm not one of those people. I think that way of it scares me, you know? And there's something maybe about losing your fear. Or, just do it, go on, do it. But these are all these people that like just do it. And I'm like, have you seen my bank balance though? Mm. Or do I know how underqualified I am right now to really deliver for all the things that Speak I want about to deliver on, right? So bank balance, qualifications, have I paid my dues? Oh which I think God. is a really important thing. Let me just have I that. paid my dues? Let me just check Have I come in this, yeah, thinking I'm the Don Gargan and can just like go out and get a sportswear brand contract and tell them I want to do insights tomorrow? I wish they could see the face I just pulled. You know what I mean? Like, that shit takes time. And there's merit in the journey of how I think I'm doing it to get me to the position where I can then turn turn around and be like, do you know what? Boom. Now I'm ready. It's random. I was thinking, like, I work for an independent agency. In the past, I've always worked for independents, independents. I was going to call them independents. Wow. Freudian. (laughs) (laughs) That's another podcast. Um, Independent agencies rather than, like, big brands and whatnot. And I was just actually thinking about my boss this week. He is in charge of 25 people. I don't want his grey hairs. I don't want his bald head. I don't want his, none of that. Because when you do decide to do something on your own, it's all right until it's you, but then start thinking about how, if you start to employ a staff, Mm. right? The stresses that come when it's not just you and then you get your other person in, like, and then shit, two people can't manage this work. I need four people in this company. Then I need 10 people to go and do the design work. Then I need a a whole director board. And then you're answering and like, Every part of this cog that makes up this wheel, every piece of this puzzle is important. But it's taken him years to get to that point, and it's still not perfect at the top. Of course. You know? yeah. So there's merit in all the little steps of the bits you may not like to Absolutely. get you to where you are. It's not quit or bust. It's not passion or nothing. It's interesting. I was talking to a mate the other day, like who I'm. Um, she's you know starting her own own brand or something, and there was a bit of like, where's this going to be now? Like, where are we now with this? Where are we now with this? I was like, yo, you on a massive journey right now, and like it gave me a bit of joy, not in a really weird sadist way, but like a bit of mirth to just be like, 
you're going to be fine, but this is the road you have to walk to make all of this shit happen. Instant gratification doesn't happen like that, people. It doesn't because of all the things I said before. But um, you had said something previously like, I think it's the passion or bust, but people feeling devalued with the types of jobs they do because they're not the great creative. Do you want to speak on that, Banks? Yeah, I kind of, one of the things that I do with my life is I'm a spin instructor. Brap, brap, the best in town. Thank you. I'm very good at what I do and I feel no way about saying that. And I work really freaking hard to be very good at it. Mm -hmm. And I've had people come to me and say, have you ever thought about opening your own studio? Now, why? Why do I need to do that in order for you to see me as successful in this business? The majority of my classes sell out. I'm doing good, thanks. I'm doing good. Mm -hmm. And I make money doing what I do. And I'm fine with the level of responsibility that I currently have within my company and doing what I need to do. And I'm freelance and I'm cool and that's all good with me. I am happy. This, this notion that, well, you're not really successful at it until you're actually doing your own thing and not doing it for someone else. First of all, I really like the company that I work for. Second of all, I am freelance. So technically I am doing it for myself. Thirdly, mm. I'm a really good spin instructor. You know what I'm not good at? I'm not a good architect. I'm not good at um, <laughs> trying to find sites to, to build out a fitness right. studio in. Uh, I'm not good at liaising with lawyers and all of that that need to make that Bank happen. Bank loans. Bank loans. Don't know yeah. anything about that. I don't want to sign up for all of that. That's a shit ton more work than I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so right. for me, I take pride in what I do. When someone says that kind yes. of thing to me, it's, it's this underlying thing of like, but it's not really that big until you own the studio though. Like you're not really that good at it until it's your studio and you're doing your thing. I call bullshit on that. I'm really good at what I do and I'm proud of it, right? Mm. And to get back to what you were saying before, absolutely, I think this culture of passion or nothing really devalues people who are doing jobs which are deemed not as glamorous within this culture yes. that we live yes. in, right? Yeah. So. The example I was giving you before we started recording, there's a guy who has a show on the Discovery Channel in America called The World's Dirtiest Jobs. Mm -hmm. And the, the presenter's called Mike Rowe. And he has a TED Talk called Learning Dirty Jobs, I think it's called. Anyway, look it up. He's Mike Rowe with an E on the end. And he's a really interesting guy. And, and hearing him speak about his experiences, the, the name of the show kind of speaks for itself. He goes and implants himself uh, all over America with people who do really dirty jobs, like literally dirty jobs, cleaning up roadkill, working in sewers, uh, castrating sheep, whatever it might be. And he goes and embeds himself with those people every, uh, all the time and really learns about what they do. He kind of gave this whole TED talk about this notion of, you know, following your dream. And you talk to these guys who are down in sewers every day or, you know, garbage men who are dealing with all our trash mm. or whatever the case may be. And he, he'll ask them, did you follow your dream? Was this your dream? Mm. And they'll be like, no, but I put my kids through college. You know, right. it's, it's, it's still a necessary part of what we do. I mean, to really simplify it, at the moment, I walk down my street, there's some construction going on uh, on one of the buildings. So construction workers, seen as quite a menial job. For me, I look at construction workers and think, man, it must be so cool to be able to look at buildings and be like, I helped build that. Like mm. When you're like 80 years old, imagine driving through London and being able to be like, tell your kids and grandkids, I, I've helped to build that building. I think that's incredible. But we look at it as like a really menial job. I look at traffic cones and think it's somebody's job to make those. 
So the person in the factory, though, we think factory workers are really like, oh, you know, yeah. like that's a really boring, menial job. You don't need any kind of qualifications to do that, blah, blah, blah. But traffic cones serve a really useful freaking purpose in our society. And I know this sounds really like a silly thing to say, but that's an important cog in a really big fucking wheel. And it's necessary. You walk into any office, uh, you know, walk into a big office in London, there's a, a chick sitting at reception who's dealing with all the phone calls. Who, Listen, I hate talking on the phone. Please, you're way better at it than me. You're, you're a very necessary part of this, of this uh, cog in this wheel. You know, people who work in admin, I'm, t- you know, I'm not good at admin. You know what I mean? Like, that's a huge job. And, yeah. it, and it's really important. Yeah. And I think for people who are working those kind of jobs, like, that, that aren't creative, that aren't glamorous, that don't... This is the it, thing. It, it, it kind of... This is the thing. This attitude it's- of, like... If you're not living your passion, right. your, your, de- your daily life is not worthy. And I just there's think an, it's bullshit. There's an undervalue of non-creative jobs. Yes, exactly I that. think, like, I am one of those people, I am the worst for talking about what I do. Like, because I just, honestly, and no shade, there's no fucking value in the title. Like, I... <laughs> Did I save someone's life today? No! <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, you know? Did I, you know, I, I probably did make a difference. Like, I probably did connect with someone on a level. But the, va- the undervalue of non-creative jobs with how... <sighs> what the internet done did bangs. Like, what are you? I'm a social media activist manager. I'm a... Lord I'm a me. copyright. I'm a copywriter, advertising slash digital strategist, brand manager. Shut you up! Know. <laughs> what? what? Well, when job when job titles start sounding like really bad um, diseases, then yes. I just yawn. Like honestly, I'm I'm less I'm less for what the title is to define you, but I do think in the rise of a lot of new industries in startup culture, um, as well, there's an undervalue of non-creative jobs Definitely. because everyone now has a prestigious title and everyone now they do something great and it means a lot. I think looking down at people on menial jobs is present. But then I think, who are you to say, like, is this what you wanted to be? Right. You know, I think that's a huge part of it as well. Like, oh, I will will tell the story of my mother. My mum always wanted to be a dancer. She, when she was younger, before she had me and my brothers, wanted to be a dancer. Like, had one a scholarship to go to Alvin Ailey, which is a very prestigious mm. African-American modest dance, right? Mm. Ballet um, troupe here in America. And um, unfortunately, failed one O-level exam. O-levels were very much before my time. Apparently they were important. And my grandma, God rest her soul, never let her take the scholarship because she failed an exam. My mum always want. I know, right? Your face. I know. Aww. West Indian, West Indian parents, people, or just parents in general. But you know, I wouldn't have been born if if that never happened. <laughs> I don't know how my mum feels about that. <laughs> so, sorry. Damn. Okay. But um, my point here is saying, like, my mum didn't want to be what she is today. To a certain extent, she always wanted to be a dancer. That was her passion. That's what she wanted to do, and it never happened but in the job that she has been doing for over 30 years very well may I ask like and has worked her socks off to maintain a home and three kids and get up and do the grind when I wasn't doing the grind because I decided to be freelance or I was unemployed and 
go um, and work and then bring home literally the bacon to feed a family. Like, winning. Completely. Winning. Completely. Completely winning. So it's a question of, is, I think when you come at someone and be like, is that what you wanted to be? Like, fall back. Because clearly not, you know. Actually, maybe a cleaner always wanted to be a cleaner. Maybe a postman always wanted to be a postman. But don't come, don't impose your sense, a lack of worth on that person's life. Like, when it's got them to do so much for themselves and other people underneath them. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and maybe that... Maybe what they do for a living does not define who they are as a person. Exactly. And now, what their life is about. Exactly. So here's the thing of like the merit of the nine to five, but then also like knowing that your nine to five is not your be all and end all. And I think what's important to say here is we're not saying people cannot have passions. We're not saying you cannot pursue your dreams, but it is not be big and be passionate and be creative and marvelous or bust or nothing. Yeah. That's where it gets wrong because there's a lot, a lot, lot of worth in everything else apart from that you know um and it really is actually you're right it gets my goat too because you can always say to someone like I really think you should be doing this nudge them to consider themselves as not creative but like or worthy but like to to bring the ideas to life I'm really big on that you know nudge them to 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 do something but they don't need to make a living from it they don't need to make a living yeah. from it, you know? Um, and also, what, what you think may be a quote-unquote menial or dead-end job or what, however you want to phrase it may actually be really important to that person. It may actually be something they're really passionate about. So over here, you don't find any British people working as waiters, waitresses. Wow. You, don't, you don't find it. But in France, apparently, Sorry. that's actually it's a really good job. When I go to New York, there's people making big money as waiters. Been doing yep. it for years. Like, yep. and, it, and they take pride in it and it's fine. You know what I mean? But over here, people act like they're too big for it. Too, I mean, like, there, there, we, there we talk about <laughs> immigration. They're coming over to steal our jobs. What, all the jobs that you man won't do? Exactly. Fall back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fall back. Like, all the jobs that you're too lazy to actually go and do. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Everybody is like free to do what they want to do. Your definition of a passionate life may be very different for somebody else. It comes down to necessity. Like, you know, in, in your mother's case, for example, you know, she had children and, and then there's mouths to feed and there's bigger priorities, you know? Mm. And there's many women and many men who've put aside what they wanted for their kids. And, but she still lived a, a passionate life because she's reared her children and she's had a fun and fulfilling life with that. I was saying before, my uncle worked in insurance for 30 plus years. I don't think that was his dream. You know what I mean? But he put his kid through college. He's like, you know, and he lived a, he's, and still does, lives a great life. You know what I mean? He travels a lot. He owns a motorcycle. Him and his wife go on like all these trips and his nine to five paid for that. I don't think it was yeah. particularly passionate, but what he did outside of his work hours he lives life. Yeah. You know and I, I think mean? it's so, it's so right. And I think, you know, with our two examples there, like the changing times, generations changing and like, which has made things devalued, which has made things seem not as important because now I don't have to have a nine to five. Well, you, you kind of do. Like <laughs> you said, do you like paying your rent? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You, you like, you like putting food in your mouth? Get a fucking job. Yeah, exactly. 
get a job. I'm not, I'm really not berating people who want to go out and live with their dreams and want to start something for themselves. More power to you. But it's not that all bust. Like times have changed where we can build a brand or be a startup or be a whatever the fuck it is you want to be. But like the merit and worth in still holding something steady, living out your passions when that five or six o'clock comes, you know, enjoying your weekend, providing for someone else, like, you know, being a stable individual. Don't denigrate those things Those too. are important, uh, it's important cogs in the wheel. You can live your passion within a nine to five, right? So your dream job may still, you can be, be an employee. Be your dream job. And, eh? and you can work in a company. Ready for you. Dream, which is great. But let's not think that you're going to graduate from uni and that's going to be your first job right there. Like, Oi, tell you, them. Like, tell so them. I can't, I've lost track of the number of jobs that I did that I loathed. I took a gap year. In that gap year, I worked in a call center, which I highly advise everybody to do because you just should understand next time you're screaming down the phone at your friendly customer service representative, you need to understand what's happening there. Uh, I worked in a call center for a year to save enough money to move to London to go to university. I, that I was a temp there. I got my check every week and I would put £50 aside into a savings account. It was exciting to me. I, I, was t- I hated the job, hated it. But it was exciting to me because every Friday I saw that money come into my account and I right. was able to transfer that money into my savings. And, and I felt like I was working towards something. It got me that right. much closer to, to university. Worked every retail job going while I was in uni to help get some extra money in. Did all sorts of internships, but couldn't do those unless I was working because uh, I'm not loaded just was never my reality facts facts only I've been a waitress I've uh when I moved to Canada on my constant quest to but I just want to be a writer I just want to work for magazines I just want to do this ended up working as a travel agent and I was terrible at it but all of those jobs taught me so many things right, right. so many useful skills you know that, that are all still relevant to this day so don't ever discount those jobs that are being a bit of a bridge for you either you know what I mean like don't think that you're just going to land the dream job and that's going to be it like and don't think that anything that is outside of the field that you want to work in is worthless and not worth the experience like it all adds to you as a human it all adds to your human experience you know amen working in a call center wasn't my thing but listen I, I know how to deal with people on the phone. I know right. how to stay right. calm right. when people are calling me every name under the sun. Those right. are skills that I learned that were good. You know, waitress, again, I was not great at it, but being an introvert, it really helped me to deal with people. Mm. It really helped me to be able to start conversations. And it, it, these are all useful things to me in my everyday life now. So don't ever think those kind of leapfrog jobs or whatever you want to call them that kind of bridge a gap to helping you get to where you want to be don't think they don't have value and worth and that you won't be able to use those skills in whatever dream job comes down the line. Basically, just value all life experience is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I don't need to say any more. I think that's it. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I will say some more. Why are you lying, Lamar? No, I just, you just made me think of like, I've, I've been doing a bit of reflection, but you know, June 1st hit people. We're halfway through the year thinking about what's, what's been passed and what's to come. And I think in thinking back to little things that brought me to this moment, 
personal experiences as well as like my working career experience thus far like I may not have loved the first the second job the you know there's the Christmases and summers spent working in Marks and Spencer's cafe but they were all teachable moments particularly in the first two jobs I had before getting here like raw the experience somewhere in there was an experience and it comes out at the weirdest times and I think I've always said like how people chart their careers is really is very, very personal what you want to do one year here two year there wherever it's totally up to you but I've always seen like hopefully every position is gaining stripes gaining competency gaining confidence and building myself up to a position where I feel like not I've made it but I'm okay here like certain things have happened and amounted to this level where you're all right like you can go out and lead this you can go out and do this you can go out and do your own thing everything to this point has been a teachable moment you may not re- this is the thing you don't recognize it when you're in it it's hindsight which is yeah. such a bitch sometimes that makes you think oh do you know what? yeah like you said I learned that being in the call center or oh, I remember how I used to do this at my old job let me bring that into the new one you know it's all the experience of it so don't always think that the passion is the big glamorous thing either uh, going freelance being your own boss etc is not always the answer it's okay to stay in your nine to five it's okay to be doing a job that society does not necessarily gleam as uh, glamorous but it works for you it pays your bills it feeds your family there's value in that and that's, I think, all that we wanted to say about that. That's it. Um, do you have some words of wisdom this week? Words to live by? Can you go first? I sure can. Uh, I would like to <laughs> give a little shout out to a man by the name of Muhammad Ali. Hey, rest in peace. Greatness. <sighs> and great. any, any quote from him, really, would... Uh, yeah would work but I'm going to use this one which is he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life and I think I've kind of taken a lot of risks with mine and some have paid off and some haven't but I've learned from all of them I think that's actually kind of it's kind of kind of a funny one to end this particular episode on because mm. we've kind of been like oh maybe don't take the risk and don't jump but risk can come in many forms mm. is what I'm trying to say you know and and just make calculated ones I guess Muhammad Ali I just uh, yeah I'm sad but I I, I was <sighs> I'm sad so I met Muhammad Ali um god you know you've always got to throw one in like we mentioned Skepta do you remember that time I met Skepta do you remember that, do you remember time? that time I sat in the audience and President Obama yeah all right what Jesus is my life Christ. did you meet Prince as well is that are you going to throw that one in uh, no but the last name is Prince so. right, <laughs> <sighs> okay so yeah you met Muhammad Ali go on yeah oh like Oh, you know I was very 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 young uh, three years old three four years old I know I'm three, four years old because I wasn't um, old enough to dress myself yet. So this picture has a oh, just the weirdest jumper I'm wearing. And um, my cousin's dad was an avid photographer. Um, his mum worked at a newspaper. And for some reason, Muhammad Ali was in England at that time. I remember being very young, being whisking, whisked sorry, in a car to uh, Whiteley's in West London. Shout out West London. Um, and literally just seeing all these people in Waterstones. And I just remember my, my cousin's dad just pushing me and saying, stand here, 
And I was like, oh, I'm going I'm to I'm stand here. And this man touching my face and giving me a kiss. And that's the picture we actually have um, memorialised of that moment. And I, for so many reasons, and like this, this afternoon I'm going to take, there's a brilliant New Yorker piece and uh, New York Times piece, which I've just started reading about just the essence of the man for like, the, the, you chose one quote, there's a million you really could use yeah, because so of what it, he was uh, proud of his blackness and his faith and resistance and in believing in yourself and taking risks and being an advocate, you know, and being a family man and being a man of faith and just like we talk about like <laughs> to quote <laughs> To quote a uh, novelist, a London grime MC, lyrics for... I'm going to quote two grime MCs. Go ahead. Lyrics for lyrics, calm. calm. Mm-hmm. And Chipmunk, another North London resident, mm-hmm. man can't run out of bars. True. Man cannot run out of bars, bang. It's true. Because Ali's got quotables on quotables on quotables. Like, and... Yeah, I li- read them. Read what he says about risk, about belief, about perseverance, about strength, about the craft, about just all the funny stuff. Like one of my favorite interviews with him is with Michael Parkinson. That's a great one. It's just, oh, so I good. Because someone is Parkinson. Is Parkinson? We'll save that okay, for another let's, time. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm well, like, no, Google it. Because no, here's my thing. Like, can people just can someone call Aretha and ask her if she's feeling okay? Can someone go and knock Mate. on Sydney's door? Stop. Sydney's still here? Yeah. Harry Belafonte, brother, you good? Can we just check in mm. on our heroes right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great quote. I do have a quote. Go on. I'm guessing it's from a grime MC. No? Um, um a Chicago poet. Oh god. Okay. Good. Is it Chance the Rapper? Is that Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure, I'm getting good at this game. I am getting so good at this game. Go ahead. What did Chance say to this week? What what um, knowledge did he drop? It's it's it's, it's um little Chad from 79th. Don't know if you heard of him, aka Chance the rapper, um, aka cutest dimples ever in the game. Um, and he's got this song. Is it you don't want no problems or no problems? But the, it's actually the whole chorus, the opening line to the chorus. But it opens with you don't want zero problems, big fella. Okay, people kind of need to realize and understand you do not want zero problems. Think. Think before you ask, say, do, or act. Because you don't want zero problems. You don't want no dreadheaded people or a posse in the lobby of your office. Know that. And he goes on to talk about that. But my words of wisdom are you don't want zero problems, big fella. Think about that. Yay! Yay! So, guys. Holla at us. We exist on email, which is nobsguytolife at gmail.com. Rate us on iTunes. If you listen on the Acast app, give us a listen there. Tweet us at nobsguytolife. You can catch me personally as and when you want to. I don't really say a lot on Twitter, but if I do tweet, it's at Lemel, L-E-M-E-L underscore P. Yes, forgetting that right. And Bangs, you exist all over the place. Where can the people find your good self? At Bangs and a Bun, just everywhere. Bangs hey, and a Bun. Just Google that. Google just Google that and you find me. Yeah. That's it, so, really. That's it. That's it. Holler at us. Tweet us. Let us know what you think about the show. 
suggest um, future podcasts for us. We've got a couple coming up from our email gang. So, Brett, Brett, and shout out to you. And pretty and- please, as Lamara said, rate and review us on iTunes, please. If you listen, give us a quick five stars and, and review us on there real quick as well, please. That would be wonderful. Thanking you. Gracias. So, we'll right. see you next week, peeps. Easy now. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.